Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. (sighs) (laughs) Now that was a very big sigh. Yes. Well, you, me, we, you know, it's one of those days. You know, um, can you see, look at my face is going (laughs) bright, dark, bright, dark. uh, Listeners and viewers, we've just had about half an hour of trying to adjust the lighting settings and they're doing funky things today on Mary's part. So (laughs) I'm like, who knows what's going on, but we're just going to plow ahead because we promised you we would show up with our true selves, and this is what you get. (laughs) This is what you get, exactly. You know, really, um, it's so funny that we can do all this prep and all this uh, plugging in and setting up, and I had issues and dishes. I had issues with my internet this morning, couldn't figure out what was going on. Call my hubby. Uh He says, "Uh, did you plug in the thing? I go, what thing? So we had this whole conversation about the thing, thing? which I had actually unplugged to get the lighting right. (laughs) Uh, So I'd, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And how often do we talk about the thing? Because we can't remember the name. No, that's right. Listeners, viewers, are you with us on this? Like, do you call everything a thing or a thingy? A thingy, or my dad would call it a thing me. Yeah. You know? Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, you, you're with us, listeners. I know you are because I know if I came to your house and watched you record, it would look as messy behind the scenes as it looks here. Or maybe yes. not. Maybe you're a pro at all this. Who knows? Exactly. Yes. If and you're a pro, come help us. Come teach us. <laughs> <laughs> We're yes. muddling through. Yes. And you know, the whole theme for today, guess what? What? Letting go of what people think. So hard to do, though, isn't it? I know. I think part of it, part of the reason why we spent half an hour fussing over the lighting, et cetera, et cetera, is I don't want somebody sitting there going like, why is her face going in and out? It's going dark. Or as you called it, mysterious. I, I said it's moody. It's moody it's today. It's moody. Yes. Okay. I'm kind of in a moody mood anyway. So, um, yeah, like we're living it out, people. <laughs> Letting oh. go of what others think. Yeah. Wow, what freedom would we have if we were able to suspend mm. that, uh, all the processes that go along with that? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I can go out to, like, I can zip out to uh, the grocery store, you know, hair up, uh, messy clothes on, mask on, zip in until. I meet someone I know. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, what was I thinking? Oh, I know. Going like this. I can't even look them in the eye. I'm like busy kind of fussing with my hair, covering up that little imperfection on my skin. Like seriously. Yeah. But yes. why do we do that to ourselves? Because really they don't care. No, they don't. They probably don't even notice. Or if they notice. And if they do care, like really, what's I their know. problem? I know. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the other thing is, it's one thing to run out to the store, but it's another thing to record ourselves and it's going out into the world like this. Well, 
Okay, we we've we've really skirted around the issue for long enough. Yes. So we're we're in Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection, mm. and we're talking about today letting go of what others think. Yeah. So we are going to start walking through. She's got ten guideposts mm-hmm. uh, that help us live a more wholehearted, authentic life. And so this is the first one: letting go of what people think. Or she calls it cultivating authenticity. That's the actual uh, chapter title. And she starts off with this quote, which I think is great. Um, It's, you know, in light of what we're talking about. So the quote is from Margaret Young, and she says, Often people attempt to live their lives backwards. They try to have more things or more money in order to do more of what they want so that they will be happier. The way it actually works is the reverse. You must first be who you really are, then do what you really need to do in order to have what you want. Ooh. Right? But how do you figure out who you really are? Well, I think that's part of the freedom to explore and experiment. And your heart and your soul will speak to you. Um at least for me, as I've been maturing, I, I can tell when I'm faking it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to because you're out in a public situation. You're being polite with somebody you're interacting with. And other times I can feel like I am so relaxed and I'm truly myself. And how can I even identify what I want in life if I don't even know who I am? And how yeah. often do we say we want things, but it's actually what we perceive we're supposed to want, given That's what true. other people's values and standards are for us, right? Yep. So yeah. uh, Brene Brown says, authenticity is a daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Yeah, I can think of, I can think of many times where I've left a place and I've just felt so exhausted because I feel like I've been posing the whole time, behaving, yes. Yes. Um, measuring my words. Mm-hmm. And it just is exhausting. You can't wait just to get in the car and get out of there, right? Right, right. And and then I think of times where I've been my authentic self mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not exhausting, it's life-giving. Exactly, exactly. And think about, I mean, we only have a finite finite amount of energy each day. And if we spend most of it pretending, posing, trying to fit in, we've got very little left for the actual act of doing life and being ourselves. And so the the thing about, which we're going to talk about in a, a couple of episodes, is to be willing to experiment and fail or not do things perfectly in discovering what we really love to do and what we're really great at doing. Like if we're always being so careful with everything we say and do, um, we become self-conscious. In fact, one of the uh, aspects of social anxiety, uh, which uh, a number of people more and more are starting to develop, is this uh, fear of humiliation, this hyper-conscious view of what other people may be thinking about you. And the reality is... I'm so busy worrying about my own junk that I can barely pay attention to what's going on with you, let alone judging you for something you perceive to be your imperfections. Uh, I personally love people who um, don't have it all together because it gives me permission to relax and not have it all together also. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah I, I do appreciate that too. And I just think back to what you just said about, you know, you're so wrapped up in thinking about you and I'm so wrapped up in thinking about me. That's an enormous amount of energy being thrown around for nothing. Yeah. And then the thing that I really long for, which is connection mm-hmm. to be seen, is the last thing that I can uh, achieve. And for me as a two on the Enneagram, really genuinely loving people in relationships, I can't be present to you if I'm always worried about what you're thinking about me. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. That's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she goes on to talk about uh, these three aspects. This is Brene. Uh, What does choosing authenticity mean? And (laughs) so cultivating the courage to be imperfect, to set boundaries, and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And the second thing is exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we're all made of strength and struggle. And then the last Uh, nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe that we are enough. The courage to be imperfect. Yeah. Courage to set boundaries and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Um, I uh, was talking to a really good friend of mine this uh, weekend and she is really struggling with a situation at her workplace. And it has a lot to do with um, an interaction she had that didn't go well, a person lodged a complaint about her and it affected her performance review. Now, oh. she is an unbelievable uh, employee. She goes above and beyond all the time. But this one complaint led to this. She could not let it go. Uh, just like sleepless nights, stress, emotional, all of that, because her reputation was staked on her review being changed to showing who she really is. And I mean, if I were in her shoes, honestly, I would probably feel a lot of the same things. It's easier to kind of be more objective as I'm watching and listening to what's going on. But oh my gosh, my heart just broke that she let this, her sense of self be based upon somebody who lodged a complaint that led to a very inappropriate response by her uh, boss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she is losing hours and hours of her life stressing about this thing. And I mean, how is it affecting all the areas of her life, her home life, Mm -hmm. her friend life? I mean, you spent probably a lot of the weekend just talking about that. And then how is it, how is it affecting her performance at work? Like she can't be that superstar uh, employee that she was before because now she's kind of cautious about everything she's doing. Well, what has happened is that she's gone Uh, Like she used to be at 110% of her performance. Now she's at 150%, but it's driven by this anxiety of not being good enough. And Well, that's a burnout waiting to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So I felt so sad for her, but honestly, how often do we have those moments in our life? And that's a question like, when have you um, felt because of what somebody said to you or experience you had, like it just took you out? Like, oh, I mean, I've had those experiences. Um, I remember, uh, I remember one distinctly that comes to mind, mm-hmm. and um, I mulled that thing over. In fact, it was I. It was so stressful for me that I actually broke out in hives. I had such a wow. huge stress response. I broke out in hives, kind of all over my body, mm-hmm. um, and it was some something that somebody said that was a smirky comment made Mm -hmm. in my team Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, to make the person, they did it to make them look big, mm-hmm. look important right. at my expense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so taken aback by it, um, I couldn't respond. Like, I, and, and no one stood up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were all quite floored by it too. Mm-hmm. But my stress response was off the chart. Right. And of course, I mulled it over for weeks and months afterwards. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. <laughs> eights, uh, sorry people, but eights kind of love revenge fantasies. So <laughs> so part of my mulling it over was the all the things I kind of wanted to say or, you know, the quick wit I wished I'd had in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sort of that revenge fantasy thing, which, you know, is not really a good place to camp either. <laughs> right. Well, on the other extreme as a two, what I spend my time is I woulda, coulda, shoulda myself through the whole process. And what did I say wrong? What could I have done better? And I take a responsibility as if their bad comment to me is somehow re- linked to what I did or didn't do. Ooh, Yeah. But both of it is kind of a sense of wanting to have control over a situation that we don't have control over. Like, we can't control what people think about us. No. And, you know, in in some situations, like in that particular situation I, I just talked about, I mm-hmm. don't actually have, I don't and I didn't have a lot of respect for that person anyway. I know. Um, so why did I let it bother me so much? I know. Because That's- this is not a person I would go to for advice. It's not a person I would go to for any kind of counsel. Mm-hmm. So why do it, why did I let it bother me uh, mm-hmm. when I kind of knew the person's reputation? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it goes back to, again, we care too much what people think about us. Even people mm-hmm. that objectively, we don't necessarily value their opinions. And yeah. yet we, we can spend countless hours mulling over something that happened. Yeah. And I think at the root of it is shame. It's this, um, you've triggered in me mm-hmm. a sense of worthlessness, a sense of not being good enough. And uh, the, the as we've talked about before, the experience of shame is so, such an intense, uncomfortable, painful experience that is in the part of our brain that experiences pain, we'll do anything to avoid it. So somehow we kind of, if I can think of myself through it, if I can rehearse enough so that next time I handle it better or I tell them off or whatever is going on in our head, there's so much that energy that we waste doing that. Yeah, so much. So how does how does Brene kind of coach us through moving past this, what others think. Right. Yes. Well, she talks about um, not just, um, it's not a matter of just, I'm not going to care what people think, whatever, because actually that can lead to hard heartedness. Mm -hmm. If we don't care and we keep talking to ourselves that we don't care, what we've essentially done is we've shut down our heart. We've said, I am going to be a wall I'm not going to let anybody in to affect me. I'm not going to expose myself. Sounds like an eight. (laughs) Uh, Well, I wasn't describing you. (laughs) Um, It's uh, uh, about not being vulnerable anymore. So that's absolutely not what she's saying. Uh, And I'm putting in my own spin, in my own words. You know, she's talking about wholehearted living, which is open-hearted, but it's with this resilience 
to be able to say, I can handle tough stuff. Mm -hmm. I can handle when people say those things that are hard. Now I have to process it. I have to go to my safe people. I have to remind myself of my value. Um, and I have to do it as often as I need to, but Mm. that's part of the whole process. So it's being able to find that, how can I remain wholehearted and authentic yet not let what people think about me take me down? Mm -hmm. Right. I, you know, I think that swing is so natural though. Like when we get so hurt by something or so exposed by something, we naturally want to swing so hard the other way. Right. Right. And I think for me, when I think about maybe some words that have been spoken to me that, you know, put me into a bit of a tailspin, I have to sit and think, are they like, are they true? Mm -hmm. Like, are they actually true? Right. Um, And I think that's where a trusted friend would be a great gift. I mean, I imagine your conversation over the weekend where you're speaking truth into her life, Mm -hmm. um, you know. Like, am I going to put so much weight on something that is not true? Or has this exposed something in me where I have a blind spot? Exactly. I mean, that, that was the next thing. I mean, one part of it was trying to remind her of her worth and show her how much we love her. Mm -hmm. That was so important and she needed that. And she was in tears experiencing that. But then the next thing after that is, what can you learn about yourself? That's right. Can you grow through this so that you can become more resilient to what other people think about you? Yeah. So, you know, think about the, you know, your own values about the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. You know, they are themselves authentic. They are themselves honest, but loving. They are also compassionate and gracious and all those kinds of things. So do that for yourself. Yeah. When you have those experiences, um, I was talking to another person that um, I, I was coaching and she was feeling so much shame because she was quote, feeling sorry for herself. I'm like, can you hear your soul telling you that when you are feeling sorry for yourself, and I'm doing air quotes, by the way, yeah, because people who are listening can't see it. Can you see that as your soul saying, I need some care. I'm Mm. hurting. I need compassion. Instead of beating yourself up for supposedly feeling sorry for yourself, you're actually giving yourself the compassion that you need. So when you can do that and you can soothe yourself or you reach out to and or I should say you reach out to a loving friend or family who can help you with that, then you can get up and go, okay, I can go back to life and I can be resilient and I can be strong and I can do the right thing. I can set appropriate boundaries. In this instance with my friend, we ended up crafting together this whole strategy for her on how to set boundaries with the situation at work. How can you find your sense of worth that's in who you are and the knowledge that you are like a superstar rock star performer? What can you learn about the mistakes that you might have made and how you handled it? Which basically she was a bit of a pushover. She didn't set enough boundaries. And then how do you go back and set those important boundaries? And if the people don't respect your boundaries, what choices do you have out of that? Right. And, you know, I think sometimes... We avoid having some of those conversations mm-hmm. because maybe the choices that we have are really hard choices. Yeah. Like maybe we are in a toxic environment, workplace, 
where we're giving 150 and it's ne- it's never enough. Right. Um, or, you know, it, the people that we're working with are so unhealthy that it won't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes that avoidance um, and talk to us a little bit about shame resilience and how avoidance of the truth and checking with ourselves and getting counsel completely works against that. Yeah, well, avoidance is one of the sort of what I call kryptonite uh, for um, resilience because you your brain has a tendency, like we avoid the things that we're afraid of. And then what our brain says is, good, good thing you avoided that thing because, wow, that thing was super dangerous. Mm-hmm. So then the next time something comes along that's even a, a remote reminder of that dangerous thing, our brain goes, alert, 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 danger. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if you're repeatedly doing this over your uh, a period of time, your brain is so geared to see danger and anything that reminds you of that, uh, you uh, never push through it. And the thing that's always so interesting is that when you push through it and you face the thing that you're afraid of or that you feel shame for, you realize, actually, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to be okay. It, it's that building it up to almost that catastrophic thinking exactly. um, that doesn't actually play out that way. Mm-hmm. It is the same with things that we're afraid of. Um, you know, 90% of the time it's what it's built up in our mind and the actuality when we face that thing, it's kind of like, what the heck was I so afraid of? And exactly. the thing is that as you face things, you get to rewire your brain and your brain starts to go, wait, I am safe wait, I can handle it. And more and more you are able to do it. So shame resiliency or resiliency in general isn't just good for us. It's good for um, our kids if Mm -hmm. we're raising kids. And so letting people feel some ouchies, letting ourselves feel it, letting our kids feel it so that they can grow resilience, so important, so important. And I think that the, the, area of resilience is going to be top of our minds for the next decade as we especially have walked through the last 19, 20 months of COVID Mm -hmm. and we don't know what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. That resiliency played out through this Mm -hmm. and for all the other hard things in our life will be huge. Um, It's such a, it's such an important thing. And that letting go of what people think Mm -hmm. being so key to shame resiliency Yes. Um, Knowing how to bounce back from that is such a gift, not only to give to ourselves, but to our kids, for sure. Mm -hmm. Because if you're raising little ones, you know that they're going to have that incident at school or on the soccer field, and it's going to floor them. And you're going to be able to help walk them through it. Exactly. And But you yourself have to develop that shame resiliency so that you can model it and that you can also not go into this anxious response where you want to overprotect your kids. Yeah. And so, I mean, you you hit it on the, the nail there. Like with what's going on nowadays, we are so divided and we're becoming defined by our opinions on things. And there's so much difference of opinion on what's happening. And it's okay to say, I can disagree with you, mm-hmm. but your your disagreement of me, you not accepting my opinion on something doesn't mean you don't accept me the person. It's right. just a disagreement of opinions. That's right. Um, so that's super, super key. And I think that it's exacerbated by the fact that we are in our isolated worlds. And so our connection with people is through social media. It's through what we publicly post or say. And people seem to have no 
compunction about shaming people online no. and bullying each other online. So it just exacerbates this whole thing, the social anxiety, this, this, uh, um, sensitivity to what people think about me. Uh, and that has to stop. And it stops with what we are choosing to do for ourselves. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're so bang on there, Mary. I also think that it's fueled by fear. So mm-hmm. if we can step back and go, what's the truth in this? Yeah. Um, what's the truth from my perspective? What might be the truth from their perspective? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can look at it with a little bit more grace and compassion towards the other person, because mm-hmm. right now everyone's kind of acting out of fear, right? Exactly. And that's never a good place to act out of. Yeah, exactly. And when you don't have a chance to be in person, yeah, connecting right. at a relational level, then we take limited data based on what is happening through email or social media posts or whatever, and we can go down a very dark road with that. Yeah. So, so true. yeah. So letting go of what people think is it's just a, a lifetime journey of many layers uh, from, you know, relationships, from work, from social media, all those kinds of things. Um, so I have a therapeutic tip, but also challenge for our listeners. And I, I need to do this for myself, too. OK, so here's a question to think about. When do you know in your spirit that you're being your true self? Are you asking me? Sure. Okay. Um, you know what? It's hard to define that because it's a it's a sense of my physical body, but also how vulnerable I am and I allow myself to be. So those two things, like the physical feeling that I get, yeah. but also the emotional vulnerability that I can experience by being open. There Amazing. you go. No, that's great. That's great. And I would add to that, there's something about the flow of my thoughts, where I'm not constricted in my thinking, I'm not spiraling in my thinking. You know, we've talked about this before, the Enneagram perspective of uh, integration is a grounded body, an open heart, and a quiet mind. So you kind of described that already. So, um, but I think it's worth practicing or noticing When you're out and about and you're having conversations, where are you feeling the tension in your body? So what's happening in your body? What's happening in your mind? What's happening in your heart? And if all three are aligned where you're feeling that open heart, I can be just relaxed and I'm I'm vulnerable, but my Mm -hmm. body also feels relaxed and my mind also feels quiet. I'm not worrying. I'm not thinking about all the what ifs. Uh, What's happening at that time? Who are you with? Yeah, so if we could put together the therapeutic tips. See, here's the question again. So when do you know in your spirit you're being your true self? You know, when do you feel most relaxed into your authentic self? So what's happening in your body, in your mind, in your heart? And very importantly, who are you with? Because that's those are the people you want to spend more time with. Um, And if you're struggling to answer these questions, what's holding you back? What fears or insecurities are perhaps in your way? What are, what are you afraid of? What, are the, what is the thing that you're avoiding? Just like what we talked about. Yeah. And, and I would say a life coaching tip would be, I always like to leverage something that's happened in the past to build our shame resilience. Yes. So think of a time where you, you know, something was said to you um, from 
someone that you were in connection with, whether it was a work person or a family member, and you were quickly able to go, you know what, that's not true about me. Right. And instead of getting into the loop, mm-hmm. uh, you moved on. Mm-hmm. And maybe you actually dismissed them entirely for what they said because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily respect them as a person right. based on historical stuff, or you just know it's just not true about you. Exactly. Um, I love that. Because yeah. I think when we can do that, we can go, yeah, you know, what they said was not true and I didn't accept it and I was mm-hmm. able to move on. That's shame resiliency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think Um, if you're a parent and you can have a story like that, when your children go through some of these things, mm -hmm. you can leverage your own story and say, hey, let me tell you about a time when something was said to me and some of the thought process I had to go through in order to have a healthier outlook about that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, The last thing I would add is for our listeners and our viewers to look for those opportunities this week to be brave, to be authentic. And it it doesn't have to be this big thing. It could be the smallest thing from being able to share your honest feelings about something uh, uh, to not having to pretend. I mean, I don't know what it is, but if you can be intentional, remember this whole growth towards authenticity is a journey. It's not a one and done thing. So if you are able to do a couple of times where you are intentionally trying to be more your true self, more authentic, that is a win. That is a huge thing to celebrate. I totally agree. Yeah. So challenging all of us to do that and uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh yeah. Love to hear. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in and see you uh, soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.